The podcast you are about to listen to is explicit and may not be suitable for children. Some content may be triggering and graphic. These stories are real. And as we all know, real can sometimes be hard to look at. However, it is necessary for healing and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I am Lori. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit. And today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown of what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed, Lori, and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Lori, Ed, and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. During the third portion of the show, we're going to do a segment called Off the Rails. This is the funnier side of the podcast, where we talk about Lori's trippy dreams, top 10 lists, and all the weird and wild things we come up with along the way. So how's everybody doing this week? Doing all right. Doing uh, all right. How about you? The week's been okay. But this morning, actually, the last couple of days have been a little bit interesting. So I do, you know, like we've talked about, we had, I think we actually, yeah, we did a deep dive on boundaries and whatnot. And that's what I'm working on in therapy. And I had a little bit of a backslide, but I was able to like pull it out of the fire, if that makes sense. Oh, nice. So um, my mom had this friend a while back that got hit by a car and and was killed. And it's been a year. And... My sister let me know that they're they're doing a, a a service for him, you know, today. I talked to my mom, and we're doing we've been doing really well. Like the boundaries have been really good. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I was like, yeah, you know what? I can. It's eight o'clock in the morning, and you know, I I go and and I can do that, and I can still get to you, Lori, and, and pick uh-huh. you up and get here and so on and so forth. And I didn't really, I didn't acknowledge myself in that because yeah. I wanted to be supportive. You know, and that was really like, that was right. the thing. I wanted to be supportive of my mom. Um, I really wanted to be there. I also wanted that, like, I realized it afterwards. I really wanted that, that like, that kudos, that, that you it's know. It's scene. Right, exactly. I wanted Funerals, to be, memorials. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be supportive. I wanted that acceptance. What you were I designed that, for. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. To be that audience, yeah. you know, to be that. that specifically person. probably for mom. Specifically yeah. for mom. Yeah. So I, I negated the fact that I've just worked, you know, three 12 to 13 hour shifts and I'm always exhausted at that point. Yeah. Um, and, and when we do the, the podcast, I get to sleep in, which is wonderful for me and I need that time and then I can leisurely get up and do any housework that needs to be yeah. done before I go. So I negated that point. I negated the point that I don't want to be rushing today because I've, you know, been dealing with all this. And so I said, yeah, I'll pick you up, you know, so now I've obligated, <laughs> right? So yeah. my mother doesn't and drive. I also have to drop her off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So now I've now I'm I've obligated myself to this, and uh, so my alarm went off this morning, and I thought of, I was thinking about it last night, and I just was like, you know, you're not being true to who you are. You're not there. Okay, but you've made this obligation, so you'll just do this obligation, and you just I just know that this is my boundary for next time, and I'll learn from it that way. 
I got up this morning and I was not moving. I just, I was exhausted. Yeah. And so seven o'clock rolls around and I called my mother and I said, so is my sister going? Because I didn't want to call her. What I was going to do is I was going to take her and then, and then let somebody else see if she could get a ride back. Um, and she said, yeah, absolutely. I said, okay, so this is the deal. I was like, I spread myself too thin. I, I told her, I said, you know, I just, I, I didn't take into account myself. I didn't do this and I wanted to be supportive. Um, but you know, this is a thing. She's like, well, call Jacinta. So I called my sister and, and she said, yeah, um, I'm leaving in a few minutes. I said, cool. Can you pick up mom? She's like, we'll be a little late, but yeah, that'll be fine. No problem. And I kind of explained it to her. Yeah. And then I called my mom back and we had a, a nice, it was a good discussion. Like it was a, it was a nice discussion. Good. Um, you know, but I, I told her, I said, you know, I, I, I didn't set the boundary. I needed to set the boundary. Boundaries are, are weird between us. I know that because, you know, of the the past and the thing. And she's like, well, why did you say you would do this? And I so I explained to her, you know, I, well, I want that approval. I want to be supportive. I want that approval. It's second you nature know? for you. Exactly. Yeah, that's very, very close to home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and like you said, this is what I was groomed for. This is what yeah. I was created to be, yep. you know, in those situations. And so, like I said, that's really what I wanted. And she understood. And then she kind of made it about her. But I was okay with that because I'm like, you know, that's, I don't have to buy into that. It's, it's whatever. Um, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry I did that. To it's not about you. It's about me. And that, I told her that too. I was like, that, 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 that's not, you didn't, this is the way I internalized. It's not about right. you, it's about me. I just spread myself too thin, so I really needed to just set this boundary because I need to go back to sleep, basically. Yeah. So I went back to sleep for an hour and, and was able to do that. Awesome. Um, that's great. It, it, that's a really great boundary right. setting of it's like okay the perfect scenario. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was it was awesome and it goes back to like the you know the the deep dive that we did, you know, like it felt great. It also felt not good, you know, there was a little bit yeah. of play, but because we had had that um that that conversation where you smacked the table so hard and you're like, oh, wow, that... how, how did that make you feel? And this is how I felt setting the boundary, right? You know, yeah. I was prepared for it actually. Yeah. And so it didn't last as long as I thought it would. And I, I was able to sleep for another couple of hours, which I really needed. Yeah. Um, it's a cool moment of growth. Absolutely. To be able to stick up for myself and yeah. say, this is what I need. I'm sorry that you need this or I think that you need this. Yeah. And my mother was completely understanding. Like she didn't even, well, like, it, you know. It, 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 and often they will be. I, I would take <laughs> your mother out of it totally. You committed to something. Yeah. And then you backed out of that commitment. Yeah. And that in and of itself is not just a boundary. But it's a, a a very powerful choice in the context of your relationship with your mother. That's true. So you committed. Yeah. I was going to do it. I'm Ed the committer. I'm Ed the one that follows through with everything yeah. I commit to. Right. But yet you still chose yourself. Yeah. And backed out of that commitment. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That so regardless of your mother, right? I mean, you're you're not just drawing a boundary; you're also very affirmatively choosing Seemingly. yourself, yeah, over a commitment that you made, right? And that's something that's actually come up, like as I'm doing some of my work and stuff like that. I I, I realized, you know, like I'm trying to work through these boundaries, but you know, I have to understand why 
we set boundaries and and I have never been able to understand that and even talking to people and even having the conversations that we've had you know it it's still difficult for me to know like theoretically I know you know like psychological you know technically I know but I don't internalize yeah exactly I've been able to internalize it and that came up the other day for me where you know it's it's the boundaries is choosing me you know I need to choose me not. That is the boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I have, I, I knew that, but I didn't know that. You yeah, know, I hadn't felt it. Yeah. So this was, this was just. Such yeah, a really boundary cool thing. is asserting. Yeah. For yourself and for others. Yeah. Where you end and begin. Yeah. And it is absolutely all about you know people talk about their bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's taken a boundary and it's made it this weird sort of thing. But in a sense, if you think about it as a bubble, mm-hmm. you're choosing when you want to step out of it. Yeah. You're choosing when you want to step back into it. You're choosing who you allow into your bubble, who you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what I say about bastardizing it, like, they talk about my bubble, like, you can't come near me kind of. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, like, it's yeah, a physical right, thing. Right, yeah. And, and yeah. It's, if you think about it as sort of, you know, that thing that you move in and out of and that's flexible, you can bring it with you, you can leave it behind, you know. Yeah. Um, it really gives you a visualization for what you're actually doing. Right. It's it's you choosing where you are in relationship versus telling other people where you are in relationship. Right. Which is where that bubble kind of thing it's gets fucked up. Huge difference right. there. Yeah, yeah. So that's incredible because this is that very healthy yeah. side of it. Yeah. So. And the nice piece of that is when you do choose to step out of that bubble, you do it feeling good without resentment. Right. Right. When you well, can you, make you yourself a priority. Whole. Yeah. You know, you don't leave things behind. Yeah. It's, it's. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah. And it did. And it did. Yeah. You know, so that's. And cool. you don't have to deal with all that guilt. Yeah. Guilt sucks. Because there's nothing to be guilty for. Mm-hmm. Right. You're here for you to yeah. choose you. Right. It's your purpose. And having lived with not choosing me for so very long is very scary. Like to like to <laughs> when you do that. Like there's that there's that like Absolutely. Yeah. I mean the the we're not talking about I committed for a shift and then called out because I couldn't do it. Right. right. We're talking about I made a commitment to probably the number one person on the planet that you have the most difficult establishing boundaries with right (laughs) over something at the same time we're able to sort of support her by not having to over assert a boundary right because you are confident enough in your ability to choose you that you could set it yeah and not have it be this big Production, production, yeah, yeah or, or any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was just what it is. No drama. And no, I was just saying her, that. It sounds like her drama didn't go up either. No, not really. Right. No. So I wonder if that's a, a new way, even for you two existing. You know, is yeah. That maybe all that anxiety you would have had would have fed her. Right. What amped yep. her? You know what I mean? It was playing off of each other. I yeah. definitely have noticed that within our relationship. Yeah. You know, and I, and I said this a few weeks ago, like, you know, you I'm did. actually spending that. time with my mother and it's been pleasant. Yeah. You know, because I know that I can just walk away ever, you know, and, and with that being put into place for me, 
she hasn't been. Right. You know. Somewhere yeah. along your process in the last few months, yeah. you've decided that you are separate. Yeah. Finally. Really separate. Yeah. yeah. And not separate because of anything. Separate because you're separate. Right. Yeah. Because, right. Yeah, because You're not yeah, right. separate because she did this, that, and that. Right. You're separate because you are an actual separate entity. I am. So now it's not, you know, there's no enmeshment. Right. It's really cool. That is cool. Like is when cool. you put it like that, that makes it even cooler for me. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's what I said. I mean, you you've done multiple things in this, not just not, not just, just set a boundary. The, the set a boundary. Yeah. yeah, you've set a boundary in very therapeutic, like very wholesome and healthy ways. Now it's smiling from ear to ear. Layers <laughs> of growth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. Looks good. All right. Today, I thought we'd talk about um, living with algorithms, and specifically within the digital age that we live in, there's a lot that's going on. And so when I started researching this topic, I, I kind of knew, but I didn't really know exactly how deep this rabbit hole goes. Yeah. <laughs> so the rabbit hole is is um, is quite quite large because everything is an algorithm um, and set up with an AI now you know yeah. every I mean everything from uh, you know quite literally they call it predictive policing um, you know and government and, and and all of your loans anything that you do you know has a has a predictive al- algorithm involved so so what is an algorithm okay so right yeah, that's exactly where I was going with this so <laughs> so an algorithm is um, a program um, specifically like a, a mathematical equation that sorts data and in this context an algorithm sorts the data of your individual personage that takes all of this this data and makes predictions or sorts it into very specific things so Jason based upon your viewing history yeah. um, you will find that you are presented with specific things to look at you know so this is like the uh, I was with my friend the other day talking about buttered colored goats and now on Facebook all I see is ads about buttered, buttered colored, colored goats, goats. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of I mean that goes into the like the, the conspiracy which is not really conspiracy theory of that sort of thing yeah um, that's one more way that they they pick up on things and that's more of what you're getting okay. you know but so like based on your if I said that and I googled buttered colored goats right I'd be able to then tell Google that I'm looking for that. Right, exactly. And Google tells everybody else. Right, everybody else. Yeah. So you have these things called cookies and that, that so on and so forth. But Yeah, I know. I've noticed websites recently. They say, yeah, we got cookies. Everybody's got them. Yeah. Right. Like, they say it right on there, and it's yeah. very nonchalant. And they and say it just like that. They're like, yeah. you know, everybody's got cookies. Click the button and move on. Yeah, and they say, and we do, and we have these cookies to better your experience. Yeah. Right. So they, they let you know that they're doing it for you right (laughs) so how do they better our experience okay well so (laughs) they don't really right well they do and they don't so the 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 idea behind cookies is that it takes all of your information your browsing history again and that's a really big part of it basically your existence online and um, transfers it over and over and over to whatever you're looking at so 
the thing is, and this is this is where the problem comes in. Okay, this is this is the issue, and I, I want to use social media to start out with it, um, but it goes into everything. Those cookies follow you everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if right now you know with with all the po- politics, <laughs> imagine driving down the road right, with, with cookies. all these little cookies running out. I had that right. vision too. Yeah. So <laughs> with all the politics that have been going on lately, you know, every time we have an election and whatnot, if you go to a political page, you may not see the same. Political page that I see, right? Because my cookies state that there is this one thing that a candidate and I agree on, and so they're going to try to sell me that. Or if there's nothing that the candidate and I agree on, they may give me a bunch of information to dissuade me from voting. Right? Yeah, and this is a very real thing. Yeah, um, there was a a movie which I did not watch, um, and I I'm I'm going to. Uh, mention it um, it was called uh, The Social Dilemma it's on Netflix um, I didn't watch it but I watched uh, Katie Couric did a, an interview with its creators and several of the people from the movie I didn't end up watching it because one I don't have Netflix but um, two multiple people said that the way that it was um, cut together was more for entertainment and when you listen to the interview when they cover these things, the gentleman who, who who created it said yes, because they didn't want it to just be a regular documentary because they wanted to engage people. Right. Because we are now living in a world of engagement, which is part of the problem. Social media platforms started to exist. It was originally a lot of people wanted to do these things to start to change the world. But as with everything else, monetization came in and it became all about engagement. So how can we get people to engage? Right. Clicks. Clicks. It's yeah. all about clicks. So the like button. The like button works on us in, a, in an incredible psychological way to to move our dopamine levels, to raise our dopamine levels. Every like we get, you know, psychologically, we go, ooh, somebody liked my stuff. I had a look at what they liked. Um, when they realized that they could do this, I think it was like 15 years ago, they, they put up um, uh, pictures. Like if I tagged Jason in a picture, yeah. then you could go and, and it would notify you that you were tagged in a picture and you were like, oh, okay. Well, this does two things. One, oh, somebody's thinking of me, okay, on the positive side. But on the other side of it, how many of us have issues with our self-image? I wonder if the picture's any good, you know, do I really want to be tagged in that picture? Right. And they will find that, or they found that, Jason, you would go to that site, now. maybe not you, but you would go to that site 100% of the time. Yeah. You know, and, and, and get that engagement. So the algorithms for things like Facebook um, are based mainly on two different streams. So you have your contrast stream, which is all of the things that I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the constant barrage of things that I that that, that get me angry, mm-hmm. and the confirmation stream. And it's all the things that you know. This is why I'm right. This is why I will always be right. This is, and you view. What or they they feed to you what they find will give them the most engagement. So you are right. Being so if I'm fed. interested in whatever, if I see something that I'm interested in, I'm more likely to click on it than not. Mm-hmm. For you, right? For me, I'm more likely to click on something, probably depending on my mood. But lately, that I'm I'm passionate about and angry about. Okay. So. If there is conflict in the world that I impassionately feel is an injustice, I'm, I'm going to see more of that than you would possibly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and going on at the same time, you know, because my engagement 
will be free. right. Everything is individualized exactly. to the person. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing that they can do that with articles. You know, just by <laughs> just by switching up. Yeah. You know, a couple of words in the article, or uh-huh. or by switching up the title only of the article in some time. In yeah. Some, uh, circumstances where it's like whoever's putting this information out there is putting out six different versions right because they're looking for those clicks because they have an ad on whatever they're putting out there yep. so they're going to write it for six different people because that's the most clicks they can get right so the issue of course is this i mean this has been going on for years and years and years and years i mean right. long before the internet in the 1960s we had news <clears throat> right one of my favorite Hydra. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite... algorithm. <laughs> so much for this being a deep dive. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> right? Right, Captain America. Zola's algorithm. <laughs> I well, don't remember it. You, you're right. Yeah, it was like in the '60s in a bunker. Captain America. <laughs> you don't know Captain America. I barely remember Captain America. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So in the '60s, um, early '60s, news was not monetized. Okay, so nothing was monetized about the news. It was oh, like broadcast news. Right, broadcast yeah, news. Yeah. Okay. It, it was considered a public service. Yeah. Eventually, towards the late '60s, they networks before that decided that that was they weren't going to lose money on the news, and that was fine. In the late '60s, they realized they could monetize it through advertising, and at that point in time, all the advertising uh, psychology, the base of advertising psychology, was was already pretty well defined. Yeah, and all of that has led to what we're dealing with now. The reason why the news is so bad, I'm, I'm going to get there, because I, I see Jason, your face is like... Well, no, I'm thinking there was a show about this Mad Men, and that was a show about how advertising was made. Yeah. So I'm thinking about that, and like how advertisement was made, and how fucked up that whole thing is. Oh, absolutely. And now hearing that that's where they got what they do now from, yeah. that it's just a more complicated version of those... You know, cigar guys sitting in a room. Who's going to look at the sexiest girl on the cover of the magazine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I was blown away by is I'm, I'm combining my, my awareness of television. And, it, I mean, it goes back further than that, obviously, too. I mean, algorithms have been in place. There was a I, – I, unfortunately, I tried to look it up and couldn't find it. But there was a machine that was made in the 1910s or 1920s that this woman just wrote a book on just recently, and I was listening to um, – listening to a, an interview with her and uh, I, I couldn't remember I was driving so I couldn't I couldn't write anything down so I don't remember anything about it and I couldn't find it but it no one knows how it works they they can't make it work they know it's still working wow. but they can't figure out how they did it but basically what they said the the what they stated was that if you gave them a demographic they could tell you Every like how that demographic would vote, basically. 
wow. or react to something. And it was such an old machine that it just had punch crazy, cards. Huh? So this wow. has been in play for a very long time. And one of the things that one of the creators of The Social Dilemma, and then the other one that I want to discuss, uh, mention is uh, The Great Hack. Both of them are documentaries on Netflix. Okay. Um, the Great Hack is about the 2016 elections and a lot of the disinformation that came along with that and, and how that goes on. But the, the idea behind this is that Everything is monetized. Everything is advertised-based. So if you're not paying for something, you're the product. Oh, yeah. Okay. So and That makes a lot of sense. Facebook is... So I'm the product for the advertisers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Facebook is selling me to the advertisers. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. And that started... That's a way to think of it. Yeah. Yep. Holy crap. That opens your eyes, huh? So... Shifts things a bit. Now we go into... Well, I, so in the news... You know, people say, oh, the news is so bad, the news is so horrible, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. It's because bad news sells. If you look at the news, we are in the worst place that we've ever been in history, the most dangerous time. That we've yeah, absolutely. Every day. So about 10 or 15 years ago, and again, I couldn't refine this, um, which is really sad to me because it's one of those videos that I'd watched on YouTube a while back. There was an MIT professor who uh, statistically broke down one-to-one violence, gun violence, war, so on and so forth, all of these things, mortality rate, and put everything, the world is now safer than it has ever been. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Physically. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've heard that. In actual behavior. In actual Mm -hmm. behaviors. Yeah. Psychologically, we're more fucked because in order to continue to have us engage... And I'm just going back to the 60s at this moment to this yeah. newscast. I gotta keep yeah. fear. They have to do things more and more subtly. Yeah. So now we're in a space where social media continues to have us distracted, continues to have our, our focus switched constantly. And this is where they can get us to engage. And everything is about our engagement. So they find and tailor to each individual the perfect engagement or the perfect cocktail of newsfeed stuff yeah. that will get us to engage the most based upon everything that we do on the computer. Right. Right. Everything that we experience in our phone. All those little cookies. All those little cookies. Even like if you go to a specific store and you have your phone on you, it yeah. can tell that location. you shop there. Location. Yeah. yeah. I keep my location off. Doesn't matter. Um, See, I have lived my life just totally into the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I feel like because I, I, you see these videos all the time of you know like I have an iPhone, so yeah. you know how do you make your iPhone so it's not given all this information, mm-hmm. right? And the truth is, in iPhones, you can't. Yeah, apparently. and honestly, I don't. I haven't had a negative personal experience yet, and that that could be a little short sighted, but. Um, I think it helps me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The The place that I get worried about is, like, um, information, right? Like, I don't right. look to social media for information. I don't right. look to YouTube for information. I don't look to Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Right. That's not where I get my information, right? I get my information from... Uh, white papers. I get my information from people that review white papers. I get my information from a whole host of established places that gave information forever, like yeah. before, before and all after this. all the drama. You know, yeah. the, the unattached 
dramatic free information mm -hmm. you know and even a lot of that stuff can be skewed in different ways depending on the the writer of the paper you know a lot mm -hmm. of people do lean left a lot of people do lean right mm -hmm. for information i had seen this this um it was a documentary or movie or uh, but it was about like you know how my dad turned into a you know um right wing conspiracy theorist overnight or something right. like that right seeing that happen to people and well this is what it this is what <laughs> that movie does is it explains how it happened they will look at a video right of say fox sunday news mm -hmm. right now fox sunday news honestly out of all of them that is my favorite sunday news mm -hmm. because i think their guy there chris wallace i think his name is or something like that mm -hmm. he is objective the least bias right he he seems the least bias you know you look at these other ones and they're like not even trying to hide it anymore. i know right well yeah you know? i know and it's so, so outrageous I, I i watch that but that's the only fox thing that i ever watch but if I were to start watching it on YouTube, the next thing it would offer me would be something that I was interested in about in the video yeah. that was in the first one. But then that chain continues. And then what it, YouTube offers me is supported by that. So if I were to keep going down that rabbit hole, just That's to see all what the get. next one said, yeah. it would take me further and further and further into... Mm -hmm. unreal information right based on little fragments of real information right and then all of a sudden i'm watching this conspiracy theorist bill gates is eating babies video right it's the frog in the pot and this is where the algorithms are dangerous so it's creating more divisiveness you know yeah. for people because people are continuing and so there's no co-creation there's no space where we are actually having a consensus of any sort i'm just following my rabbit hole you're following your rabbit hole yeah. and we're hating each other or yeah. we're not depending on how right yeah, yeah. What, depending on which stream we're being offered which well, which rabbit hole you like right. Yeah. right whichever rabbit hole it is that they're going down right and the lack of accountability for Accurate information. Yeah. Well, and 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 fake news. I mean, we, fake uh, news is real. Fake news. <laughs> fake news is real on both sides. Yeah. On both sides, and fake news spreads. I can't remember, like a hundred and fifty times, thousand times faster than than real news does. Yeah. I mean, well, because it's made to spread. Right. Exactly. It's sensationalized. <laughs> This is the New Year's funny, and this is the Christmas funny. Cool. All right. We do we have... want to pop the New Year's, or do we want to marry the Christmas? <laughs> well, we can do the Christmas. Let's keep chronological. Okay. Right. Yes. Because I'm very linear that way. <laughs> I really am. I know. I, I recommended doing the other one first, and you no. your eyes were like, oh my god, how can we do we January before December? <laughs> that just goes against all of my structural plans. Right. So what do you got? So we have some of the weird traditions that happen throughout the world for Christmas. Oh, okay. Do they celebrate Christmas in other countries? Yeah. Is Christmas a Christian thing or a U.S. thing? 
It's a Christian thing. Yeah. So sometimes okay. it's sometimes it's Christian, but they're because of the way that Christmas came about as Christmas, it is celebrated in other countries. You mean like Santa Claus Christmas <clears throat> versus Christ being born Christmas. Right, exactly. Right. That's so the different. Thing. Right. Is it the birth or the cross? Secular yeah. Christmas versus religious Christmas, but even then before that, there was always the solstice. Right, right, right. The solstice situations. And, yeah, different people's kind of celebratory right, things. Yeah. yeah. Like, how much of it is Christmas and how much of it is, like, just their own culture's version of Christmas. Yeah. And that's what I like. I'm excited to see hear this because right. I'm, I really want to I see it. I wonder how much of the world celebrates <clears throat> Santa Claus Christmas. Ooh. Here's the first one. So in Japan, mm-hmm. all I want for Christmas is KFC. I read that when I was looking when I was looking at the food stuff. <laughs> that uh, that what's mean? Good? That's their holiday that's meal. That's their holiday meal is KFC. Oh, okay. They have been manipulated into thinking that that's what we eat over here for a holiday meal. Right, right. So, no. by KFC going over there and putting up particular little commercials, yeah. they think that's that's our holiday meal. Yeah. So now they've kind of, that's what they do. They Well, we they, eat their holiday meals for everyday meals. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> their Christmas meal, a lot of them, they want Kentucky KFC. Fried Chicken. Yeah. Huh. I was like, wow. Never, never... I've never considered the Japanese people that go. I I would have I mean, never thought of them the, eating KFC the for a holiday hundreds ever. Hundreds of thousands of them that have come here throughout the years have realized that it's turkey. Right. It's not right. Or ham. Sometimes right. Christmas ham or goose. Right. But Easter. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a way these things. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the one area that I'm kind of loosey goosey. I'll have whatever I want for whatever. Right. We're having could be meatballs. This nice. Mm. See, I'm like that. I'll do whatever it is yeah. that I'm craving for a holiday meal. Yeah. And then in Norway, it's hide your broom. That's what they do. They hide the broom. So they don't give presents? Norwegians believe that Christmas Eve coincides with the arrival of evil spirits and witches. Uh-huh. It's only logical, then... To hide the broom. To hide the broom. Yeah, so yep. they don't ride away on it. Right. Right. If your broom's out, a witch is bound to want to stop in and steal it, right? Right. So you can they avoid... They must be a very logical people. Right. Absolutely. A very fact-based people. Absolutely. So that's kind of cool. They think that, that Christmas, see, for us, it's Halloween. Right. But... For them, it's Christmas that all the evil spirits come out and visit. Well, so that's... do they get presents, though? I want to know that about all of these. Like, right. <laughs> the Japanese, do they get presents, or do they just eat the chicken? Such all right, life. back to your history lesson. Okay, so back to <laughs> what's weird around the world on the holiday. How about Austria? Austria? Now, Austria, yep. I would think that, like, they have... They have like a normal Santa Claus. Well, not a normal, but like a historical Santa Claus. They have Krampus too. But they, I was going to say, I, I wasn't sure about that. Is that yeah. where Krampus comes yeah, from? Yeah, Krampus is in Austria and we love Krampus. Eddie puts his shoe out. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my gosh. On Christmas Eve because it's fun for him. Okay, so explain Krampus for, for those of us who don't. Okay. Like so, are as in, you know, involved with the movie and whatnot. All right, so... Krampus. With the movie. Well, because yeah. they did a Krampus movie. They did, but Eddie fell in love with him over this book that Michael had had introduced him to. Gotcha. In Austria, St. Nicholas has an evil counterpart called Krampus. Yeah. And he is like the bad cop, St. Nick's is good cop. Right. right? Yeah. 
he's a demon-like creature, so he's part demon, kind of part goat. Yeah. And what he does is if you've been bad... He was a Capricorn. He beats no. you. <laughs> he beats you? Yes. Yeah, so... In some myths, he swallows you whole. Oh, or, wow. Or he'll put you in a sack and beat you in the sack. Oh, my. And naughty. Sometimes he's depicted with chains and sometimes with a stick and sometimes... You know, those Austrians are real hard asses. I mean, like, this is how they get their kids to, uh, you know, to behave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So men used to dress in devil costumes and roam the streets, carrying chains in a basket for abducting especially bad acting children and saying that, you know, he was going to haul them to hell. Right. Yeah, oh so my it's god. A pretty scary Christmas in Austria if you fear. I wonder Doc if there's Francis. any connection with the uh, BDSM community. Right. <laughs> like if they came up with Krampus because they were just trying to cover for themselves. No. But, I Jeez. mean, Krampus has been around for yeah. centuries. So, I mean, that's maybe, no, maybe so is BDSM. Okay, maybe that's enough. where it was born. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, it's a scary. Okay, so know, Krampus. Krampus. So, so they're not getting presents. Well, they also have Saint Nick. They do have Saint Nick, but there's like... But not for the bad kids. Instead right. of... And he, every kid is bad. Like, you know that. Really? Always. <laughs> so here you'll get coal, right? Right, you're not yeah. Good. There, fear the Krampus. Right, fear the Krampus. Yeah, you're going to get tied up in a sack, beaten by this demon thing. Right. You're not good. That'd put the fear into you, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But here's a really weird one. So in Catalonia... They poop their way through Christmas. <laughs> huh? Pooping, the twelve poops of Christmas. Pooping their way through Christmas. <clears throat> yep. So what does that so, mean? So, expl- yeah. <laughs> welcome to this bizarre pooping your way through Christmas. Uh-huh. So they have a defecating log. A locals, defecating log? Locals in Catalonia create a, car- a character out of a log drawing a face on it and giving it a hat, and then they spend a fortnight feeding it fruit, nuts, and sweets. One Christmas Eve, the entire family beats the log with sticks and sings a traditional song that translates to, if you don't crap well, I'll beat you with a stick. (laughs) So that's the song that they sing. And how does this relate to Santa Claus? Well, it's just a weird-ass tradition. Yeah, weird-ass is right. Yeah. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Yeah. A runny poop. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, they beat, right? so they sing this while beating the stick until the log starts to extricate all of the treats oh. that they've been stuffing in it for the week. Oh my! So it's like a pinata. Well, so, this is like weird. This is like pinata and and you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of hard How to comprehend. How hard do you have to hit a log to get it to defecate? Right. So they also decorate their nativity scenes with small pooping ceramic figurines, uh, usually well-known characters, one drawn from that year's you know news. Yeah. And we have no idea how Little that came figurines. About. I like I really they don't, inspired that. They don't give me the why they don't there's no like back history. But that sounds like a real shitty Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> just, sorry. Just saying. <laughs> just 
just saying. <laughs> and then this is what's weird. So usually they do this with well-known characters yep. that they've created figurines with. Usually something out of the news, right? So that year's news. So like Trump. I wonder if yeah. that's what inspired Mr. So, Hanky the Christmas poop. The figurine. Very possible. Because that's basically what he is. Yeah. Right? He's a brown figurine with eyeballs and a hat. That could be. But their figurines always have their pants down around their ankles. Huh. So that's real. So you got to be really good at sculpting dicks and asses and... There's some sort of (laughs) fetish over there with poop. Right. Apparently. In genitalia. I mean, everybody's got to have their... Yeah. Oh my. Okay, so now we've had BDSM and scat play. So now, like, what next? next? The next thing is, in Guatemala, how clean is your house? Okay. So now we've dealt with a lot of poop. Now we're going to look at some cleaning. Right. I, I'm good with that. Yeah. The, that, that one sounds pretty normal. Yep. We're good with that. Yeah. So in Guatemala, uh, cleans, cleanliness is is really next to godliness. Yeah. And so locals believe I that, believe that in the U.S. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that in my house, yes. So locals believe that the devil and other evil spirits live in the dark and dirty corners. So okay, I agree with that. With low vibrating places, right? Okay, right. That that one's that one's doable. So that's what they believe. Yeah. So therefore, they spend the week before Christmas sweeping up, collecting rubbish, and then piling everything in a huge heap outside, and making sure things are really nice and spotless clean to keep the devil from from check you know hold checking on. in with them. Hold on, I I. They pile it outside. They pile it all, all so outside. So they can bring this shit back in. No, they set fire to it. Oh, oh, that's so it's like cool. a total cleansing. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. I was imagining them piling it all out and bringing it back. And in. the day after yeah. Christmas, you know. So what they do is it's the burning of the devil. So basically, what they've done is they've taken everything that they consider dirty and low vibrating that would collect that sort of energy. Yeah. They take it all out of their house, clean their house. It's like a cleansing. Yeah. Shut and then the they dough, burn keep the all devil that. in the, That's all I can think of. So I think that's kind of cool. That is cool. I think that that's is, a, that that's is a really cooler cool. than the pooping your way through. I'm on board with that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that one's good. So I think that's a good one. Then in Ukraine, they deck the halls with spider webs. What? Like yeah. real spider webs? Like they just encourage a bunch of spiders? To... It's traditional to decorate your tree with spider webs, right? So like the stuff you put out at Halloween. Then, yeah. So it's another like, Halloween for it's Christmas. For, it's for good luck. You know the old saying, you bring your tree in and it's got all the little spiders in it, the yeah. real tree, right? And No, I don't know that. Yeah. I've never known that. Yours has never had the spiders. But Apparently. It's supposed to be good luck to have the spiders in the tree. I didn't realize so that So when either. you go back to like, <laughs> when you go back to like pagan beliefs, right. the spiders. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good. It was good luck, even with the pagan yeah. beliefs, to have the little spider. Tradition has its origins in an old tale of a poor woman who couldn't afford to decorate her tree, and woke up on Christmas morning, and the spiders had created with the webs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you guys have heard that, that story, is right? Guess Can you would... imagine going to bed Guess... one night and having a plain old tree, and you wake up the next morning? And it's basically cocooned because you're afraid of spiders. That is horrifying. Because we don't no, like spiders. It's gross. If you if you walked out <laughs> into any room and you saw a plant completely covered in spider webs, 
You'd be burning that shit. Well, they make it sound beautiful, though, because they make it sound like the spider webs are glistening, and it, that's where tinsel comes from. That's, I'm imagining like a. I thought tinsel was tent caterpillar times right. a million. Yeah, no, I thought tinsel was was supposed to be like icicles, but apparently, like. Yeah, the tradition comes from the beautiful weaving of the web from the spider. Oh, ah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. That's kind of cool. But that's not how it would really look. J- Jason is never going to hang tinsel on his. Yeah, you picture, and this is, when you talk about it, what I'm picturing is years ago, when I was in, like, sixth grade, there was this movie called Kingdom of the Spiders. Oh, or Arachnophobia. the tarantulas were starving to death out in the um, desert that year, and they all came into this town, and they literally cocooned the town and ate all the people. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. And that's that's what I'm picturing that you're picturing, is that type of, like... Horrific, not just the beautiful little web that you see glistening in the sun with a little bit of dew on it, but no. like the cocoon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, if it's only one little insy bitsy spider, it can crawl up the water spout and leave us alone. <laughs> right. All right. What's next? So what's next is in Portugal, I feed dead people. So in Portugal, you should feed your dead relatives at Christmas. The traditional Christmas feast in Portugal. Families sometimes set extra places at the dining table. For the dead. For the dead. I've heard that. So basically yeah. that's like the day of the dead for... For that... For, for, for Mexico. Yeah. yeah. So we're not talking digging them up and putting food in their belly. Thank God, no. right? Right, right. Because that could get kind of nasty right. after... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so symbolically you set you set a place for your dead loved ones. Yeah, okay. And it's thought that the nice. practice will ensure good fortunes yeah. for the household. In some areas, crumbs are left on the hearth as well. For the... Yeah. For good fortune, yep. Cool. If I left a crumb on my hearth, my dog would have it in seconds. <laughs> my dog would too. She acts like we've punished her if we haven't left a crumb for her. Right. She's starting to develop those dirty looks. Right, right. And it's all over food. <laughs> Along and how with much wider give... hips. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she'll give me a dirty look if she feels I haven't given her enough treats. In Italy, where's Santa's little helper? Oh, bambino. It's an old witch. Yeah. You know about this? I did know about this. You know this. about the Italy tradition? Yep. So a festive witch perching on a house in Italy. A strega. Yeah. Yep. So unable to conclusively prove the existence of Santa, the Vatican decided to throw its weight behind something they'd had countless dealings with. An old witch called, how do you pronounce her name? A strega. Who delivers presents to kids in Italy. Yep. Yep. I was aware of that one. The story goes that the three wise men invited the witch to accompany them to see the baby Jesus. She said she was too busy. Is this and like the a whole was different born. type of religion or what? It's not like anything I've ever heard of I've here. I've never heard of anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so I've never either. So tell us what you know about this. Cause this How can their three wise men do what ours can't? Yeah. So Aren't the, they all the same wise men? So in Italy, <laughs> they weren't actually able to get Père Noel or Papa Noel or, or Santa Claus to really catch on. But one of the the things that is deeply rooted within their culture was the stregas, which are the witches, very prolific within the Italian culture. Ah. And so they, as the Catholic churches want to do, took over those traditions and sanctified them, as they would say. Yeah. And that's how they- Or bastardized them, however you want to look at it. So Italy, (laughs) 
and Ireland actually is the same way. Like uh-huh. the the Catholic and Christian religions are very mixed with uh, original cultural beliefs. So like you would not necessarily recognize a lot of the Catholicism in Italy or in in Ireland as oh. we do today. Right. You know, here. Now Italy has finally come, you know, come this way, but there are some some traditions yeah. like that, you know. Well, continue. I mean like here, you know, we have the Christmas tree, that's a pagan Right, absolutely. Pagan thing. So yeah, everything gets gets kind of mixed and matched. Yeah. But uh the Czech Republic, a pair of matchmakers. A woman's fate in the Czech Republic lies in the position of a tossed shoe. Yep. I knew about that one, too. On Christmas Eve, unmarried Chez women stand with their back to the door and toss one of their shoes over their shoulder. If it lands with the toe face in the door, it means that they'll be married within the year. Mm-hmm. If it lands with the heel face in the door, they're in for another year of watching whoever else get right. married and not be in the... Yeah. They also make some of the most amazing cookies during Christmas time. <laughs> That's a thing. So they... Toss their shoes yep. over their shoulders and make and make cookies. tons and tons of cookies. Like that's a huge tradition over there. Yeah, I well, love, I'm going to the Czech Republic. I love cookies. I will not be tossing my Your my shoe. shoe. I've been married once. Once is enough. <laughs> Germany is fill your boots. Yep. A shoe filled with sweets in Germany. So I hope it's new boots, because, like, uh, I am such a funny Well, buddy. I mean, think about it. The stockings originally, Christmas stockings, were not new. They were, like, that you'd wash your socks. You'd right. put them up, you know, to dry by the hearth, which is why we do what we do. I'm so glad I wasn't along. And whatever. And know. people would put an orange in them. And I mean, Krampus. <laughs> and Krampus, it's you put an old shoe out with yes. a treat in that for him. Right. So this is, like, the third dirty sock boot type thing. <laughs> so traditions are, you know, it seems like words gotten around and they've just kind of tweaked them to their own liking. Right. But yeah, so on the evening of December 5th, German children leave a boot or a shoe outside of their bedroom door. Yep. In the morning, if they've been good, they will wait to find the shoes filled with sweets. If they haven't, they will find only a branch. So instead of coal in your stocking, they get a branch in their shoe. Right. A branch in their shoe, which their parents will use to beat them. Oh, wait, no. That's, right. That's, <laughs> you know? We're mixing them up again. But oh, that's so sorry. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> right. yeah. So obviously it's best to leave out the newest pair of shoes that you own. Right. Oh, I and, wonder if they have like Christmas shoes. Like we have Christmas stockings now, right? Right. They're, oh, they're yeah. Not, they're nothing you ever put on your foot. Right. And you just use them during Christmas time. So I wonder if these guys have like, you know, mud boots or something that right. they just keep around for just that time of year. Yeah, the biggest pair of shoes that they can get. Right. They so they so filled. they can be filled. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. So there, there was a big faux pas when we went over the holiday thing because. Yeah. I needed to know if there were presents or not. Yeah. And Lori <laughs> promised that information, but didn't deliver. <laughs> so here we are at the brass tacks of the things. Okay. <laughs> so Lori, where do we get presents? All right. So Japan does get presents. Okay. So do we they get, have, do we we get, get presents Santa in Japan? They, they do. They get presents in Japan. And yes, they have a Mr. Santa. Okay. okay. Cool. All right. Awesome. All right. Yes. And then in Norway, yeah, they do get presents. Okay, in Norway we're having presents with what? I can't remember. 
Norway were army having presence with is that where the poop people are? No. No, no that okay. is Catalonia where the poop people are. Okay. But in Norway they do have presents. Yeah. Sometimes they get them from Santa Claus. Okay. And sometimes they're brought by gnomes. Oh, oh. cool. Yeah. I'd I'd choose gnome. And then in Austria, okay. they do get presents. Alright. They do have Santa, yep. Saint Nick. And that's where Krampus was, right? Yes. Okay. Alright, who else gets Christmas? Do the poop so, people get Christmas? They in Catalonia they do get presents. Okay. They do. They All have right. a long period of celebration All right. actually. But they do not have if a Santa. Alright, what else? So in Guatemala they do get presents. Okay. They don't have Santa but Do they get presents on Christmas? Yes, they do. Okay. Yep. Right. And they but they don't have a Santa they do like it's friends and family so they don't have to play the stupid game of right. the creepy man coming down the the chimney yep they're or taught what if to we don't have a chimney he comes through the toilet or yep. what if we don't have a toilet he comes through the window you know? yep yep they don't taught... have any windows you're probably in jail I... so in Ukraine presents yes Santa yes Saint okay Nick. okay in Portugal presents yes Santa yes sometimes and sometimes other houses um it's brought by baby Jesus. Yep. Well, in Italy, it's cool because, yes, they do get presents. Papa Noel. So they get presents from a witch in their stocking. Mm. Um, but they might, they might get it from Santa, too. Okay. Yeah. It's probably back and forth. Yeah. Depending on the families. And, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 So in the Czech Republic. But they only get a stocking. From the witch. Okay. Because that's barely a present if it's just a talk. The witch fills the stocking yeah. with presents, but then Santa, if you're, you know, if you probably if your family has the money for it, yeah. then Santa may also come too. Nice. So Santa discriminates against the poor in that region. Yeah, I would say probably. <laughs> and sends a witch in his place. Yeah. Right. I would say probably the families that can't afford Santa to explain that they're just going to get the presents from All the witch. All I can think of is. Are you a good witch or a or bad, bad witch? witch. <laughs> yes. I'm a bitch witch. Um, this one's fun, too, because in the Czech Republic, yes, they do get presents. Yes, they do have Santa. But Santa comes with several devils and several angels. Oh. oh. So you get to have a little bit of fun while you're trying to be a good boy. Yeah. So the devils will leave you cold if you've been naughty. Yeah. You know, and Santa and the angels leave you presents. I've always earned good. my coal. I, I really have. I've always earned my coal. You've always earned your coal. <laughs> yes. And I think that's it. That's that's all of the people that we went down through. Well, that's all we really needed to talk about. Thank, yeah. thank you for clearing that up for us. <laughs> hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u-2 go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally that is stumbling through enlightenment dot squarespace dot com you can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.